0: give him some ham and eggs yes
1: ma'am It's well, very kind of you sister but i'm not hungry A cup of coffee and a sinker will fix me up fine
0: don't be a sucker give him some ham and eggs the way i'm fixed 35 cents isn't gonna make any difference here thanks
1: things a little tough huh
0: wouldn't be sitting in an owl wagon for local color they locked me out of my room oh,
1: that's too bad well, things are tough everywhere. War in Europe, strikes over here. There's no work, there's no food.
0: Drink your coffee while it's hot.
1: What'd they lock you out of your room for?
0: Did I ask you any questions? I'm
1: sorry. Sorry. Right. You been in Hollywood long? Long enough. Trying to crash the movies or something?
0: Something like that.
1: I guess that's pretty hard to do.
0: Huh? I guess so, and you've got close enough to find out. Oh, sorry. Say, who's being sorry for who? Am I buying you the eggs or are you buying me the eggs? I'd
1: just like to repay you for them.
0: All right. Give me a letter of introduction to Lubitsch.
1: I might be able to do that, too. Who's Lubitsch?
0: Drink your coffee.
1: you What'd you say? I said, can you
0: act? Sure, I can act. Would you like me to give you a recitation? Go ahead. Skip it. My next act will be an impersonation of a young lady going home on a thumb.
1: In that outfit?
0: How about your own outfit?
1: I mean, haven't you got a car?
0: No, have you? No, but... Then don't get ritzy. And I'll tell you some other things I haven't got. I haven't got a yacht or a pearl necklace or a fur coat or a country seat or even a winter seat. I could use a new girdle, too.
1: I wish I could give you some of the things you need.
0: (laughs) You wouldn't be trying to lead me astray, would you? You know, the nice thing about buying food for a man is that you don't have to laugh at his jokes. Just think... If you were some big shot like a casting director or something, I'd be staring into your bridge work saying, yes, Mr. Smearcase, no, Mr. Smearcase. Not really, Mr. Smearcase. (gasps) Mr. Smearcase, that's my knee. Give Mr. Smearcase another cup of coffee, make it two. Want a piece of pie?
1: No, thanks, kid.
0: Why, Mr. Smearcase, aren't you getting a little familiar?
1: Look. Thanks. Look, if you wanted to stay in Hollywood a little longer... Well,
0: I don't want to stay in Hollywood a little longer. I've used up all my money, all my going home... Well, I was just
1: going to say, I have a friend that's out of town, and you might be able to stay at his place for a couple of weeks, and maybe by then things would break a little better for you. Or he might even be able to help you a little. No, thanks. There's no strings to this, kid. I know you don't know who I am, but... I used to know a few people around here, and this guy's really out of town. And
0: you know a way in through the window or something, don't huh, No, I'm
1: pretty sure that in this case... I'm
0: going home, big boy. I can get right out of here in a little while. I
1: don't like to think of you asking a bunch of thugs for lifts along the highway. Then don't think about it. You mean you just get in any car that comes along?
0: Anything but a Stanley Steamer.
2: <sighs> that, of course, is Sullivan's Travels, released 81 years ago. Veronica Lake... And Joel McCree McCrae. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film podcast. Let's just let it play. If he has already opened his Christmas gift, that of course is Jason Almy's gift, the Criterion collection. Because I don't play. If I'm gonna get you a gift, it's gonna be Criterion. Because that's what I got for my birthday and he told me he had the D V D and so as Clint Eastwood said, That's me making your day. <laughs> Sullivan's Travels is this comedy kinda taken from I mean it's 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 a satire from uh Preston Sturgis. Uh McCray plays a successful Hollywood director, John L. Sullivan, an idealist who believes you can't accurately direct a screen tragedy unless you live it first. Disguising himself as a bum, Sullivan sets off to see America from the bottom up. Along the way, he befriends a beautiful but cynical stray played by Veronica Lake. And learns about the cruelty of life among the less fortunate. In the midst of brutality and despair, the young director makes a vulnerable discovery that what the downtrodden need most is laughter. Hailed by critics as Preston Sturgis' masterpiece, Sullivan's Travels reveals the wonderful insight and artistry of one of Hollywood's finest directors. And I sent it over to my friend Jason Almey. And my friends Jason Almi and Christina Almi and their family, for them to enjoy for the holiday season. I'm sure the kids won't understand it yet, but give them time, they will understand the wonderful world of Criterion because their father has a lot of Criterion. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, this is the Doctor Zeus Phone Podcast. It it really it gets great. It gets great around the holidays. And I like to share the wealth. I, I truly do. It really is a magical time. It's better to give than receive. I know many of you want to receive. And that's fine. I understand that. But giving is giving is the way it's at. So here we are. It's. Oh geez, two is when is Christmas? Two weeks? Is it two weeks? Oh my. Here we go. <laughs> but um Yeah. It's it's been a it's been a fascinating time. And to bask in these films. And to share them with people, that's what it's all about. Now, Kim Basinger very famously played a Veronica Lake lookalike, a prostitute, in L.A. Confidential, released 25 years ago. But the real Veronica Lake is the real deal.
1: find out how it feels to be in trouble without friends, without credit, without checkbook, without Dave. A load.
0: And I'll go with you.
1: How could I be alone if you're with me? Sullivan's Travel, the side-splitting story of a $4,000-a-week big shot who turns hobo for experience and gets more than he bargained for.
0: You better drop me at the next corner and take this bus back where you stole it from.
1: Don't talk nonsense. I left a note saying I was taking the car. Did I?
0: nice if you could remember what you suppose that is
1: well whatever it is there's absolutely nothing they can do remember that
0: what did you say
1: i said there's absolutely nothing they can do
2: Those were the films of the day, and it was all about the trailers and the humor. Released December 29th, 1941. Mm. An American comedy film that really, I mean, the satire, satires really didn't get a lot of credit as they do now. But back in 1941, come on. Before that, Sturgis made The Great McKin- McGinty, The Lady Eve, and Christmas in July. Now, over time, the film's reputation has improved tremendously. Media historian Hal Eckertson classified it as a classic, one of the finest movies about movies ever made, and a masterpiece. In 1990, it was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. As being culturally, and so, historically, and aesthetically significant, because at the, when it first came out, it wasn't received I, the way they wanted it to be. The film primarily, the film's primary theme is summed up in the last line of the dialogue, as spoken by Sullivan. There's a lot to be said for making people laugh. Did you know that all, that's all some people have. It isn't much, but it's better than nothing in the cockeyed caravan. Yep. Oh, my God, this film. It's legendary. Back then, you know, they, they filmed these films really, really quickly. It's legacy. I mean, the AFI's 100 Years, 100 Laughs put it at number 39, AFI's 100 Years, 100 Cheers put it at number 25. And AFI's 100 Years, 100 Movies, 10th Anniversary Edition put it at number 61. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? The non-existent book that Sullivan wants to adapt for the screen was used as a title of a film by the Cohen brothers in 2000. That's true. Oh, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? is really based on Homer's Odyssey. Now, I hope that Jason and Christina and family are probably watching it or studying it. Ah, uh, Here we go. The, the Criterion Collection.
1: You see? You see the symbolism of it? Capital and labor destroy each other. It teaches a lesson, a moral lesson. It has social significance. Who it wants to see that kind of stuff? It gives me the creeps. I saw a newspaper till I was 20, then I worked in a shoe store and put myself through law school at night. Where were you at 20? Well, I was in college. When I was 13, I supported three sisters and two brothers and a widowed mother. Where were you at 13? I was in boarding school. I'm sorry.
0: Where's the swimming pool? You must have a swimming pool.
1: Right out here. I want this to be a picture of dignity, a true canvas of the suffering of humanity. But with a little sex. With a little sex in it. I'm going out on the road to find out what it's like to be poor and needy, and then I'm going to make a picture. If you'll permit me to say so, sir, the subject is not an interesting one. The poor know all about poverty.
0: If you were some big shot like a casting director or something, I'd be staring into your bridge work, saying, "Yes, Mr. Smearcase. No, Mr. Smearcase. Not really, Mr. Smearcase. Ah, Mr. Smearcase, that's my knee."
2: And those are the Criterion Collection trailers. Three reasons Sullivan travels. Sullivan's travels. They always do that to kind of promote why it's going into the you know the collection because it's about laughter because it's. It's magical. Here is another filmmaker talking about Sullivan's Travels.
3: Sullivan's Travels is a story of a person who is insulated and protected by his success. He has so many people around him, so many handlers and agents and managers, and he's living in this kind of a, a glamorous vacuum. And he decides he wants to change his career and get rid of the movies that have made him successful, the comedies, all the light-hearted, you know, kind of souffles, and he wants to make a... Oh, brother, where art thou? He wants to tell the ultimate tragedy. And to do that, he wants to find out what it's like to experience tragedy and hardship, and so he sort of goes into disguise as a hobo, but he's followed by the same coterie of chefs and hairdressers and managers and agents, and then fate steps in, and he really becomes the character he wants to tell a story about. The inspiration we learn is that, that laughter, you know, heals all wounds, that if you can laugh, you'll, you'll get better, and you'll feel better, and you'll find your way out of the jam you're in, And you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel.
2: And that is Steven Spielberg talking about Sullivan's Travels. Sullivan's Travels is just one of those comedies. Comedies are really the films that don't get... A lot of attention. Especially when it comes to the awards. But in these days I would say fuck the awards. One of my favorite films of the year was The North Man. Obviously it's not going to get any awards. Which is fine by me. But when it's something like Sullivan's Travels. It's all about the legacy of making people laugh. And here is... Veronica Lake from 1971.
4: She left Hollywood at the height of her career and had never returned. Her autobiography, Veronica, which uh, is uh, just, just out, I believe, uh, tells how she succeeded and also how she failed. And it's an interesting document about what can happen to a person in Hollywood. Will you welcome, please, Miss Veronica Lake. This photograph, for some reason, I don't know why I remember you more this way this picture on the on the back of the book do you, do you remember what 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 you were thinking when you posed for a photograph like well, that what I think was,
5: that was the original Lolita. um whatever you want to name that was it yeah. yeah that was 17
4: you were 17 at that time mm, this is 48 now the one thing i do now want. i can giggle yeah i do you know what i want to know most and i never asked you this i met you one one time before and i forgot to ask is it true? well you
5: can ask it i won't guarantee an answer
4: I'll ask. It. Is it true that Alan Ladd had to stand on a box because he was short and they, they had to dig a trench? No, I had
5: to stand on the box to be taller. But depending on the angle of the
4: camera. Yeah. But for many of his leading ladies, he had to stand on a box.
5: Well, I'm only five two. He was five eight and a half. Yes, so we, but for got some of them. So I got to wear
4: flat heel shoes with him all the
5: time. It Was lovely. What's your height? Five two. Five two. And what
4: was Alan Ladd's actual height?
5: five eight and a half which surprises people oh yeah because they think of him as being much smaller but he was beautifully put together but small boned
4: mm-hmm. and the blue dahlia was was that your favorite film with him uh, or your favorite film of all I, that's the one i always think of when i think of you the blue dahlia
5: oddly enough um all of the pictures that alan and i made together were good commercial pictures mm-hmm. but not my favorites
4: do you miss Hollywood?
5: I'm going to find out shortly, aren't I? Yeah,
4: yeah. You're going back for
5: Well, I don't know whether they're going to ask me or what after they read this
4: book that I a like, year, mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> I've already said I'm going to look through that airplane window and say, oh, they welcome me home with
4: open arms or they're ready to
5: have their guillotine after me.
4: Were, were, are you, were you as cool in those days as you look in these photographs? You look like the coolest person in the world.
5: I think about the only thing I could say about that, I probably, Mm -hmm. they didn't have that expression at the time, but I was probably the original teeny bopper. Really? Because I was so frightened. This was the facade of the coolness, the cold, Mm -hmm. and the whole bit, that I think rather than a sex symbol, I was a sex zombie.
4: Yeah, what a strange phrase.
2: And so that's Veronica Lake sitting down with Dick Cavett um, in 1971. And she died, unfortunately, in 1973 of cirrhosis of the liver. But yeah, she turned her back on Hollywood. A, a lot of actors just found Hollywood to be very <laughs> cutthroat. And it is. It's very cutthroat. And we talked about that last night when I was honoring Stephen uh boss. And Veronica Lake, you know... She left the business. She was a really great comedian. But I also think because her beauty, she was very, very beautiful. And in Hollywood, that's the unfortunate thing. You either are just beautiful or you can act. You can never be the same. And they always did that to Paul Newman because he was good looking. That Oh, he can't act and he actually could. Same with Vivian Lee of, of Gone with the Wind. And so, Sullivan's Travels. I hope that Jason Almey and Christina Almey and family enjoy the film. I don't... Is is the Thin Man in Criterion? He would know more than I do. (laughs) But it's my gift to you. I hope you enjoy it. And as we end tonight, Dr. Zeus film podcast, let's see. Is the Thin Man in Criterion? (laughs) It could be. Is it? Mm, yes it is yes it is or no that's my man godfrey (laughs) same actor um william powell do i uh, yeah i do have my man godfrey in uh criterion the thin man though i don't think it's in criterion it should be i know that jason would agree with me and i want to give a shout out to mr adam simmons and Mr. Chris Wetsky, but Adam Simmons because I watched he did a live of him making a pizza, and I was like, "Whoa!" It looked delicious. And he said, "You know how California, it's not the same." And I said, "Yes, I know that." Um, how in uh, what is it? You know, New York, it's all about the water. And California, like our bagels and everything, and yeah, it's it's just one of those things, you know. So yeah, that's uh, that's the Doctor Z's Film Podcast. As always, unpleasant dreams.